Good day, film fans. It's Lynn Venhouse, Dan Buffa, and Carl Middleman back for Real Time's Trio. Where can we find you on socials, Lynn? Uh, I am in Facebook. I'm also Twitter. And I can be read at uh, thetimesnewspapers.com, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West Enward. And I am heard on KTRS every Friday at 11.45. Dan, where can we find you on socials? On ksdk.com, uh, I write. I'm on socials at, at buff 82 on Twitter. We're at Facebook at Dan Buffa. I go on Frank Opinion on 590 The Fan KFNS every Tuesday at 4.15. You can hear me there. My name is Carl Middleman, also known as Carl the Intern. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. And you can listen to me with Max Foise on Max on Movies every Saturday on KTRS. This week, we're going to wrap up the Oscars. We're going to talk about the Razzies and the Independent Spirit Awards. But we have fresh movies. We have Greta, Medea Family Funeral, Apollo 11 Documentary, Ruben Brandt Collector, and The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind as our new offerings. Stars Born is back in theaters for one week only, and we have movies that we haven't reviewed yet, Arctic and How to Drain... How to Drain... How to Drain Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, now we really got a show. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon 3. If you want to hear about How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World, skip to minute number 23. If you want to hear about Ruben Brent Collector, skip to minute 28. If you want to hear about Fighting with My Family, skip to minute 33. Or if you want to hear about The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, skip to minute 43. If you want to hear Dan trash Greta, go to minute 45. Or if you want to hear about the movie Arctic, skip to minute 50. So without, uh, with our further, ad- oh gosh, there's, I'm screwing There's up. a do. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um, it must be the most perfect podcast. We will continue. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Carl and Dan in real times. Them. Now is that are we going with that name? Real times, times trio. trio. Yeah, sure, sure. We have to now. We are the South Side Three, but that limits it to just the Lou. Oh. We mm. want we want to have worldwide domination. Well, sure. To our people in St. Louis, we're the South Side Three. A right. Little, little side name. It's all right. All right. So, we'll, so, so let's so, talk uh, Oscar. Let's crank it in there. Yeah, let's jump right into the Oscars and well, how much we hate Green Book. Okay, well... <laughs> I don't hate Green Book. I don't I, I, hate Green Book, but I don't think... I think it was a safe choice. It's a progressive choice for old people. Yes. I think it, it, it was out of the eight. It was my fourth best film out of the eight, but th- there was three more deserving films ahead of it. I just think that it was... Again, and I'll reference back to what Pete Meniscalco of Allied said when he came out of it. It's People love that movie. It's a feel-good movie. I it's, enjoyed it. It's a nowhere near true, though, especially when Don Shirley's family just blasted out that now, they weren't even consulted. Now, if you hold on a second, the, the the fact that it's not true doesn't discount any of the other seven movies. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is not true. No. Black Klansman is not 100% true. Adam Driver's character was never Jewish. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I wasn't saying like it was a bad thing. I'm just adding all why people were fired up about it. Queen Anne wasn't a lesbian. Because, yeah, and I agree. No, I read no, something. No, no, the, the, the Olivia Coleman character was not a lesbian. The but Rachel it was Weiss referenced that they had kind of a, a relationship between yeah, Rachel Weisz's Rachel character. Rachel character was probably a lesbian. But, Roma is just his recollection of being yeah. 10. And so, and then a star is born. And Vice, depend on what side of the spectrum no, you're on, just, that is it's either true or not. Really what people have to understand, I've, I always told people this, it's not a it's documentary. A it's a movie. Right. And so, Black Panther and Star is Born 
those are well black panther that's hope is not true maybe it is wakanda forever fun fact a star is born was made in 1937 to discourage all these young girls from coming to hollywood because they were having hordes of uh innocent females come to hollywood and then turn into prostitutes and other things for money because they couldn't make it in the film biz so that's the reason they filmed the first star is born was to discourage all these young, starry-eyed kids from flocking to Hollywood. Yeah. So, so and, and I will say that that I, didn't happen either. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed Green Book, and I watched it twice. I, I got a real big kick out of it. It wasn't the the best movie of the year, but I understand why it won. I will admit, I did not watch it until the night before the Oscars. Hey, it's fresh in your mind. And I watched it, and I, you know what? I enjoyed it, but I also understand all the criticism. Yeah, me too. Around yeah, it. I understand he, it. Yeah. Mahershala Ali is great in that He's movie. Fan. And so is Vigo, though. He's very good. It is a white savior movie. Yes. So, but you it know is. what? Sometimes and white people do say black people. Sometimes black people say white people. But you know what? People. It was written. They asked Don or Doc Shirley's family for decades if they could make that movie. They had to wait till he was dead. Yeah. And because he said no. Yeah. He and his family said no. And so then once he dies, yeah. and then once Tony the Lip dies too. Oh, not yeah. to, it's not the Lip. It's just Tony Lip. Once he dies, they yeah. get. Uh, they get. And they the screenplay find- was co written by, by, by Nick Bellawanga, Tony's son. Right. So. And he recorded his dad telling stories of that yeah. time. And they did remain lifelong friends. What sucked me in Not was according the- to the Shirley family. Oh. I think they're just mm. bitter because they weren't really involved. They weren't. Well, the. Um, at first, the movie, I thought, oh, no, here we go with all these stereotype characters. And then it sucked me in because of the friendship. And, and because the, the actors are so good. The actors are good. I mean, that's hey, why if you I take away it. Viggo Mortensen, who just pulls off a perfect accent. I mean, as usual, whenever he works, he's, he's, he's from phenomenal. New York. I know, but he's, he doesn't he's talk from Brooklyn. like that. He's not from the Bronx. He, that's it, unlike any character he's played before. I mean, look at Eastern Promises character and that character, like two different things. But I think great it, acting, though. I think it did capture uh, the time period, the the Deep South as it was. But I do agree that it was the safe choice for people to feel good it about yes, it. Yes, but for older people, that was them going out on a limb also. And, and, and also, I mean, really, we can't like, pass up... Uh, Linda Cardinelli was great in it. She was. As Tony's Agent, wife. Doesn't Agent really Gracely. get a lot of, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, Agent Gracely from ER. And, and she's uh, at Grace and Geeks. I, yeah, but, but she's so good. I mean, she, and she doesn't have the juicy lines that, that yeah, Viggo Mortensen has. She's got the very has. last line in the movie, which yeah, is a great line. It's, it's phenomenal. She's great. It did win the uh, Audience Award at the St. Louis uh, Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And it's it a won, good movie. It is. It's a huge crowd pleaser. It won many Film Festival Audience Awards. Yeah. So, and uh, speaking of, uh, let's see, the Star is Born you mentioned earlier, uh, Lady Gaga, the, the the big one of the night, and I think the biggest moment of the night was her and Bradley Cooper in a three minute uh, rendition of The Shallow, and and what, according to Gaga, that was all organized by Bradley Cooper. I love the way that there wasn't introduced. They made the, it look like the, a movie. The piano was was pushed to the front. They came up from that. I, I wanted them. To, I mentioned I think last week. I wanted them to come up from the audience, and they did that, and that was really. Really well staged. I thought he'd be on stage and go down and bring her up. From Maybe, the audience, yeah, but, but that, uh, didn't happen. that was great, and it won. I'm so glad it won, and, and I'm not surprised that's the only one it won. But uh, well, how about and, and you made a big deal? What, what were you? I said last week that it would probably be a moment, and it actually was the moment. moment. People are still talking about it because because their chemistry. Make you believe. But yeah. do you remember what last year's moment chart. was? 
it was This Is Me from Greatest Showman, and that wound up not winning. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it did. And, and also, right. I, I didn't think the performance of that song was as good as this one, though. Oh, that was well, a great performance of that song. Oh, it was. and uh, But this year, uh, their chemistry, everybody loves their chemistry in the movie. Um, it is like capturing lightning in a bottle. It is. And you got to remember their acting. They're acting. Everybody was like wanting them. And, to, I know. Uh, and, and Lady Gaga went on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And, and of course, Kimmel being great, just asked right now, hey, look, you know, we, we looked at that and we wanted it to be real. And she's like, that's the idea. This is a love song and a love story. You're supposed to want us to believe in it. And she goes, and he goes, that, that, we got you. And then she did. And they do. And they're, and they're very good on stage together. And just because that goes to show you how well that movie worked, because if it was anybody else, uh, according to Clint Eastwood, it could have been Beyonce and Bradley Cooper. Thank God Bradley Cooper said no to that years ago. But, well, she looked great. She had that diamond from Tiffany's that was $31 million that the last time it was mm-hmm. worn yeah, breakfast at was uh, yeah. Audrey Hepburn yeah. and that dress. So she looked so she elegant. She was very uh, – it was a good – it wasn't too much. I was hoping she was just going to kind of match him in a way. And and it was good. And then, of course, you know, his baby mama's sitting right between them. So, of course, Russian Twitter, model. Twitter goes crazy. Irina. Everybody wants and to. she didn't have any dirty looks. No. No, she hugged She's Lady Gaga. She's beautiful. And, and she, she hugged Lady Gaga. She was the first one up for the standing ovation the mm-hmm. only for the reason, number. The only reason this really caught fire is because a week before, Lady Gaga and Christian Chris, Carino her agent broke up. That right. really just lit the fire. Right, unfianced. Right, unfianced. Yeah, and uh, and, and also Cooper and, and her and they're they're just boyfriend and girlfriend. So that kind of that, that right. keeps it that makes it interesting. Well, the uh, the audience ate it up because in the in the stu- in the auditorium when they came out, people gave them another standing ovation and great applause. That never came happened out, before. And, and then uh, Bradley and that Cooper, was off camera. Right. Somebody and, filmed it from the audience. That's all on Twitter. They they filmed it from their, their seat. And uh, uh, Lady Gaga said before they went on, Bradley Cooper said, "Let's drop a little joy." Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. And they did drop a lot of joy, and I think it needed it. And how about having no hosts? I didn't because, think it was missed. because let's be honest. The reason well, we the reason we turn to movies is to heal, is to forget about our pains in real life. We look for escape, and I think in the best way possible, even if it's not true. You know, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga with their performance with Stars Born, they gave us a great escape. I mean, it's a, everybody wants to believe in a good love story. Well, and also the movie's going to be in theaters starting Friday for one week extra minutes. with 12 extra minutes, and a lot of it's the music, additional music. And they showed a little bit last night in Kimmel, but in, in the trailer you can see them sitting down on a stage singing a song. That's one of the things that's going to be in there. So that was a great advertisement. So all eight films won something. All eight films that were nominated for Best yes. Picture won an award. And how did you guys do on your picks from last oh, week? You know, well, um, I looked over them. I, I haven't gone down them yet, but my major, the only major miss I had that everybody else in the world place. had was uh, Olivia Coleman well, beating out Glenn Close. I was I got eight raw. I switched one the day of, and I got eight I'll wrong. have to match it up. I, I, I'll have to announce it on next week's show. I went with my heart, not my head. That's wrong. And yes, yeah, I, I only I got did. 11 of 24. Because so. if I go with my heart, <laughs> Stars Born wins everything. I but know. No. I should have picked skin. Remember I said it was going to mm-hmm. be skin or fog? Right. Right. And it was skin. 
but I didn't pick period end of sentence, which you can watch on Netflix. And by the way. Black Sheep, I, I picked that. That didn't win a documentary short. So I, I thought that had all the steam in the world. But period end of sentence. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. but, well, we had a lot of firsts that night. I'll tell you the first. Yeah, we had see. first woman to direct a Pixar short film. Co-direct. Yeah. They were both women. Right. And That's then... Awesome. Um, we had a first a black woman to receive uh, to be nominated for production design, Hannah Beekler, and she won. And she didn't let the white guy talk. And <laughs> and then... I, I, I will say some of the speeches, man, they just trailed. I mean, some people just speak, speak, Those speak. three, okay, if you're going to say that, Spike Lee should have been prepared then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. It was rambling, and it was great. Like, if, if Once you like can understand like, what he's saying, he, he like rambled. Regina King, Lady Gaga... Uh, I mean, well, uh, she didn't let anybody Coleman. talk either. She well, let Mark Ronson talk for like two I, I seconds. I know, but but at the, at the Grammys, uh, she she had said that, that that he talked the whole time, and Mark Ronson said you need to talk. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, even Coleman, I mean, they just got up there. To, uh, be honest, but don't. Well, she just wasn't go. expecting to win. Oh, I know no, that, was, that was that the best was the thing. big shock of but, the yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, be ready to win. You should be ready to win if you're, you're a professional. Poor Glenn right. Close, but she seemed to take it in stride. She's, they, done, uh, she's done it six times. Before, yes, I so. know. And now uh, Amy Adams isn't the new Glenn Close. No, can you? Because yeah. uh, Glenn Close didn't win, so mm-hmm. now can you? But costumes, yeah. uh, the first African American woman to. Win for that, Ruthie Carter. She had uh, done the costumes for Spike Lee mm-hmm. before. That was great. And then uh, the first speech. Oscars for the Marvel Universe. Yeah. I'm trying to see what Three I got wrong. I think for I got Black yeah, Panther. screenplays are right. Editing. And then uh, Roma was the first film from Mexico to win Best and, Foreign. And how about Alfonso Cuaron winning mm-hmm. for cinematography and director? Talk about a guy doing it all. Just, you know, it's, it's his movie. Right. right. And then uh, Spike got his first competitive Oscar. Right. He was nominated for Do the Right Thing screenplay. screenplay. It wasn't nominated for film or directing, and everybody was just up in arms. And that's when Driving Miss Daisy won. Right. So, therefore, with the Green Book winning, that's why he was a little miffed. The worst loss well, of he... all time is Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan. Well, yeah. Spike said, I saw him the other day. I saw there, everyone was interviewing him afterwards. And of course, he said he said it wasn't my cup of tea. They got it wrong. The only thing there's there's three things I don't like about Green Book. The, besides the white savior thing, mm-hmm. the they didn't mention Doc Shirley on stage at all. The all the all these white guys that came up, they didn't only mention. Only did. That was good. Had, the first thing he did, he did. And then the the thing about the film, you have. Doc Shirley's doing all these songs, all these albums forever. You know how many songs of Doc Shirley's that they used in the movie? One. Oh, really? my goodness. That's One. That's very wow. disappointing. And I also thought, I mean, did he really have that kind of a drinking problem? I always wondered, was that true? Because it, all you see is this, and, and they had mentioned his family in a movie. That was one of the complaints of the Shirley family was that, you know. He, oh, yeah. He, he was not estranged from his he brother He was estranged from his family. Yeah. At all. They they all got together. So they and added everything. that in there. And and was he? Re- I want to know was he really a drinker? Was every time he's not performing, he's just like I'm drinking. drinking. Cutty, he's sorry. drinking. Ooh, that's a good one. Wow, I forgot about that. Um, I, I want to say it like I was wrong about score. I I picked uh, Bridal to win and uh, Ludwig Göransson, Black, Black Panther. What's one. nice about Ludwig is he and Ryan Coogler went to USC together, and I so did his not speech. Know that. Yeah, it was about. I was wondering how do you we two know our, each other? Yeah. Twelve years ago, we were in our dorm room. He has scored all those wonderful Kugler movies, the Creed one and two, 
Fruitvale it's a good Station. Movie. Creed Two is good, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Go watch Fruitvale it. Well, they didn't Station. screen it for us, Dan. So you I didn't... don't care. That's good. No, well, it was that's... bad. It was a bad idea. They should have screened it. For, uh, I had to pay on Wacky Wednesday at the movie. Dolph Lundgren to see it. Good role for him. It was. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. But Coogler has a long relationship with Michael B. Jordan because he was in Fruitvale Station. Right. Great movie. movie. Oh, so and good. I, I will tell you that is the movie that we we screen that additively, and I took a walk. For like 20 minutes. That movie messed me up for a oh, few hours. So good. Well, look, Octavia Spencer. Because Vinny was from... like two years old. Mm-hmm. I think when did it come out? 2014-ish? Uh, Vinny was a really young kid. And I was like, man, that messed me up. Uh, it, it's so powerful. Oscar Grant. Well, Octavia Spencer was so good in that film. But uh, she was one of the producers of Green Book. Of Green Book. So you got to give. Is her there props. anything she doesn't? She just can't do. So so you got to give her props for that. You know, she's one of the women. Behind the scenes, it was a great night for women and diversity. Yes. And uh, do you know that Quran, when he won for... Um, Gravity? Gravity. He was the first Mexican and Latino director to win. And then since then, Inaratu won twice. Mm-hmm. And Inaratu, Del Toro. 21 Grams. I, I know I may be one of the only people to like that movie. I like that movie, 21 Grams. But just think about that. So there's been five of the last six years Mexican directors. Nice. Corone can give Spike Lee some pointers about how to give a speech. I mean, Corone. I mean, well, I mean, he gets up there, and you know, well, Spike. He, he's been he, that's been pent up since '89. I know. Yeah, and, Spike's and, and, got a lot and to say. Just, he just gets up there, and it feels like he's just. Well, number one, he's happy to be there. Mm-hmm. He talks about the movie, but he, he's just he's just very proud. There's no animosity. See, everything Spike's like, oh, like well, I don't know. We haven't a, won. So Spike's an angry young. Uh, now he's not. And, 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 and before departed, but... Scorsese didn't. You know, Scorsese was a guy that that, that lacked an Oscar. So mm-hmm. come on. But Spike mentors a lot of kids at NYU and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, he does a lot him. of good. I just think people perceive him. It was a very as good the guy movie. standing up and turning his back. If they had, if they had everybody... one best picture, I, I wouldn't have been mad because that was right there. And I, I, w- I was but quietly that's also not true. <laughs> I was quietly hoping for Black Panther to win just because. Just because everybody just mocked because. me for picking that, and then after it won three Oscars, I was like, it's not looking so bad, is it? Those are the ones I got wrong. Speaking of the highest total, Bohemian Rhapsody won. Four. Now I, I want to recall. I was because I picked both of them. They they won the Sound Awards, right? Yes, both of them. And not and mixing. We all pitched a fit about Quiet Place because but. nobody understands how good a Quiet Place is. Oh, it's so good, and it also holds up. See, a movie like that may not hold up, but on second and third viewings, it holds up very well. But how about you mentioned earlier? I didn't mind the no host. The presenters had more time. There was better flow. You didn't have Seth MacFarlane going, I'm going to try to make you laugh for I'm a few see minutes. see your boobs. That's right. Here we Even go. Even though that is a very clever song about a very... <laughs> he didn't He didn't read the room. The bird The bird is the word. Okay, here we go. Family yeah, guy Yeah, And then, you know, taking the selfies and getting food for the audience and all those the shtick that takes For me, forever. it was probably the best show since Jackman hosted. Except for the weird thing that, like, Julie Roberts had to come out. Oh, by the way, good night, everybody. Yeah, they, they didn't know what to do, and so she, and I, she I like was, the way she said. She it. said, "I want to say bye to Bradley Cooper's mom." She was, she was staring right mm-hmm. at her. I was like, "Do you know Bradley Cooper's mom?" Now she looked like a million Gosh, dollars, she looks, and she, she does, does not age. And can I say something? She should have been nominated for Ben is back. That was a great performance. She was great in that and widely overlooked. But yes, she, she does good not in age. Everything she I know, is but good in Ben is everything. back though. She made that was an unconventional kind of thriller drama. Peter Hedges directing his son Lucas. But yeah, she doesn't age. She looks she looks better than she did in Pretty Woman. I'll be honest. In Wonder, she made me cry. 
Oh, yeah. oh man, and her, and who would think that you know? I haven't watched the Hitchcockian Amazon oh. series yet. Uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Oh, she's not going to be starring the guy from Beale Street. All right, so the night before the Oscars, two things happened. One, the Independent Spirit Awards yes. happened, and Eighth Grade won. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. Bo Burnham. Ethan Hawke won, and if Beale Street could talk, also director and pitcher for Beale Street. And there was one. Oh, and. Uh, there was one other thing. Look that it did, up. Did, no, I'm no because we're not we're not that type of show, Dan. We want all we this stuff to come off here. of our heads. off of you our got heads, your Jeff. laptop open. No, Suspiria yeah, got this. a big uh, Suspiria got a big uh, the Robert Altman oh, award. That's that's the other thing. Confession: that, I didn't watch that movie. Well, should I? It's weird. Tony Collette did not win. She should have been nominated for an Oscar. That she, was a great performance. But Glenn Close won. Yes. Okay, so, where she sets Gabriel Byrne on fire. That that, that rough me on, up. And she brought her dog. Yes, her she date. did. And her dog, dog came up on stage with her. But how about Captain America helping Regina King oh, up to the stage? So Captain America, he's got the beard back, okay? Captain America should have a beard at all times. When I saw Bradley Cooper with his beard, I thought of you. I was like, like yes. Uh, well, no, can anybody just remember that he got his Jackson Maine back look? He got his look back for the performance. And, and oddly, in like two weeks, because the previous show, he was clean shaven, short hair, and all of a sudden he's like, rah. Oh, yeah, because he was he must be Ita- Well, of course, he, he he's part Italian, so we, right. we, we grow hair fast, as you can see. <laughs> And then the other thing that happened the night before the Oscars was the Razzies, where Holmes and Watson won oh, I didn't Worst watch Picture. Well, they didn't screen that for us either. They didn't, and people walked out after 20 minutes, I, I heard. feel bad, because that's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. And they can't be that Speaking bad. of John C. Riley, he won Best Supporting mm. Actor for Holmes and Watson. Not for... Stan and Ollie. Stan and Ollie. Not for Stan He was and great, Ollie. and not for Sister's Bird, which I thought he was great in. But it was for Holmes and Watson. He was the best in Sister's He was, Bird. and he over. He had Joaquin Phoenix and Hall to go up against. He was oh, so good. And speaking of snubs, Joaquin Phoenix, you were never really oh, here. Yeah. And also, you, He Won't Get Far on Foot was a good movie. Yes. And, and also, speaking about a performance, Jonah Hill was great in you, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Yes, mm-hmm. and they he was totally great. ignored all those. Okay. Well, because you know why? They, Netflix Milo got their due. No, Milo's but he won't get far in foot. That was Amazon, wasn't it? Yeah. So they're going to... Beautiful Boy was also avoided, and that was Amazon, too. They're going to let them in slowly. Yes. Uh, Melissa McCarthy won Worst Actress for both Happy Time Murders and Life of the <laughs> Party. bad movies. Oh. <laughs> worst Supporting Actress was Kellyanne Conway for Fahrenheit 11.9, and Worst Actor was President Donald J. Trump for Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Melissa McCarthy, I don't think few are going to have the kind of year she had nominated for an Oscar and also winning a Razzie. So. I think Halle Berry uh, did that. And With she Catwoman? Showed With Catwoman? She showed up. Good for her. You know what? If I was nominated for a Razzie, I'd show up, too. I, didn't Sandra Bullock win the both. year she won both? Yeah. She won Blindside? Yeah, she, she won, won Blindside. Blindside and then, and then she won for... What did she win? I don't know. It, was it some, wasn't the heat, was it? No. It, it, was it wasn't all else. about Steve, was it? I think it was all about Steve. And Bradley then, Cooper. And she gave out copies of that movie. She That's showed up. awesome. I love it. You have to be able to poke fun at yourself if you're an actor. Well, remember when she was accepting all her awards for Blindside and she kept talking about her husband? Oh, her husband, the racist? Jesse James. And then the day after the Oscars, she finds out he's been having this mistress for months. And then she didn't mention him. And then that was the big blow up. So we didn't have anything like that. The biggest thing after the Oscars was people didn't mind the host. 
and uh, the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga thing. I think that's the big takeaways. And then there's been a lot of backlash well, against Green Book. Yeah. Because you know why. It's like when if it hadn't won, I mean, it's just because it won. And, and also won screenplay. I mean, people are going to be discussing it. But if you, you know think what? about it, I, any I will, of the films that would have won would have had some sort of backlash. Roma would have had backlash. I will tip my hat to Peter Farrelly, who when I saw him directing that movie, I was like, no, this is going to be a bomb. I mean, oh, how about uh, nobody uh, thanking the director for Bohemian Rhapsody? They have Brian Singer, because they were instructed not to. <laughs> I know, but I mean, seriously, they did not at What's all. What's the special features going to be like? They're just going to block him out. He's going to be there. On the set pictures, you'll just see a, a, a blue man group mm. guy walking around the set so is that kind of like uh, any more things about the oscars or we got no i think we're done with that. So uh, I think movies so to review. move on to next year well i have got a contender for best animated Ir- feature oh, i was gonna say that i think the irish how to train your dragon three uh we probably have two so why don't you talk about how to train your dragon three yeah, review that it's it currently is, in theaters it is currently in theaters it's the number one movie in the country right now it is the third and final uh Movie, but they've done okay. First, they had a Cartoon Network show that was one season, and then they moved that to Netflix. With and I think they did two more seasons. And T.J. Miller is not in the third How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, he's been pushed out. He, I think they have the guy that did it on the TV show doing his voice, Justin Ruppel, which is weird because his character is up in the front more so than the other two movies, which is kind of kind of weird. But this is a, I will say it is a fitting conclusion to the series. And I always loved How to Train Your Dragon. The second one, they they pushed the envelope. After the first one, where a character loses a major limb, and they found out that kids were okay with that, and it was actually building, and uh, it was well-wishing, and especially with amputees, and the kids were more, This it was a learning moment for that. The second one, they went a lot dark. Oh, like, oh, we can push the envelope. So then the second one deals with death. And the third one is saying goodbye. And so you, you find out why there are no longer dragons in our world right now. And I think it is a very fitting conclusion for an amazing series. The series was great. I thought the 3D in the first How to Train Your Dragon was better than Avatar, which came out in the first year. And what they have done, and that was... 2010 and so now in 2019 this series has gone and the 3d has gone a lot better and so it is a great film to see in 3d it's a good movie for your kids i enjoyed how to train your dragon all the main characters are back including some ones you don't think will be back and every voice character is the same except for gj miller and I, i i love it when they have that continuity all the way through mm-hmm. both films. The TV series, of course, only had like one or two people in it. And like Tim Conway was on the TV series for a while. And I watched the first season of that and then I didn't watch anymore. But I'm glad <laughs> I did because it was, I enjoy that series enough that I invested the time in it. And I'm glad that it is a fitting conclusion, even though there is, it's Hollywood. So there's always, there are, in the back of my mind, as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh, this is great fit." It ends. Oh wait, there there is a way that they could do another one, but I really hope they don't. Is it DreamWorks? It is DreamWorks. Jay Baruchel is great in this. America Ferrara is good. Uh, Kate Blanchett is in it. Um, I guess I can. Uh, Kristen Wiig is in it. Christopher uh, Mintz Plantsy is in it. And also, who oh, yeah. am I? Mick Lovins in it, huh? I'm forgetting um, Jonah Hill. 
who has <laughs> he was in the second one more uh, prominent, and then this one the T.J. Miller character takes place or takes his place, and it's it's kind of disturbing that T.J. Miller has fallen so far that they had to just replace him. Yeah, they, they didn't remove him Deadpool too, but I think that was already done when that I believe stuff so. broke. So yeah, man, he, he's you know Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, he, he's going to get some. Uh, well, some you backlash. could say Peter Farrelly had kind of that problem. Yeah, as Peter well. Farrelly, yeah. Yeah. He liked to take his penis out and show everybody. Difference between, I guess, a director and a star, maybe? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Some people uh, some people escape it, and some people... So so that's the one animated film. Now we got yeah. well, the other animated now, films but, coming out but this see, week. I'm saying that this is the third one, and it is a very... It is is almost made... It is, for a two-film uh, series, it was like in the top five of worldwide making stuff and it's based on a series of books. This might be giving the third one best animated feature would be a culmination of the first two films and finishing up the series. Cause sometimes Oscar does that. Right. And uh, this year actually Spider-Man broke the Disney uh, lock on the animated. Right. Award. So there you go. But I saw the first one. I really liked it. Confession, I haven't seen you either. You right? have a child under know. the age of oh, 10. Oh, no, 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 he's watched him. Okay. And, and it's just whenever I, my wife's watched him, and I just, it's one of those times where I'm kind of writing and doing something else, and they're on the screen, but I can't tell you I actually watched, watched it. I know, I have you a should. huge list of things I, I will, yeah. catch up on. Now, do, do, do you want me to review what's already been out, or do we want to move on well, to what's coming let's out? Well, let's, let's the, talk to the other animated film. The other animated film is very adult. Yes, it is, very It's adult. R-rated. It's called Ruben Brandt Collector. <laughs> I knew nothing about this film, and I want to say it defies description. It is such a trippy, wonderful <laughs> movie by this Hungarian director named Milorad Akristik. And it's film noir crime drama it takes classic crime movies and great works of art and puts them together with abstract art pop culture global adventures stunning architecture and these truly bizarre characters and it's a mashup of styles he has a great soundtrack carl you would love this soundtrack a lot of good uh covers of songs in the movie and i will say that the ambition of the director i mean and this is his first movie this is his first really? movie, yeah, Christic, uh, yeah, Milorad Christic, but uh, it, it's got some good voice work. None of the actors you're going to notice, a lot of uh, unknowns, but I, I got, I like the way this movie played with the subconscious and with the reality of this guy, and also involving when you have a childhood trauma or a traumatic incident in your childhood, what kind of effect it can have on you, but visually stunning, and also, again, I like the way they... And the the music, there was a, a dive bar in there that I wanted to go to. You had oh. a bald guy that smoked a cigar through the hood of his coat, his trench coat, which I thought was really good. The characters were interesting. I like the fact that this guy, Ruben Brandt, who treated his patients by having them paint, who were ex-cons, and then saying, hey, uh, do you want to help me steal some paintings and help my, my problems? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The, the psychotherapist. It's unique. He's having it. nightmares that involve great works of art. They come out and they attack him. Oh. And so, and that's it's, it's awesome. To see, you, see, uh, you see some of the great works of arts. They use uh, one of my favorites, Nighthawks by Ed, Edward Hopper. And they, have, they go around the world. These four patients of him happen to be thieves. 
Yeah. Hmm. So they help him out. But they jet set to all these world class museums to grab yeah, the like paintings. Guggenheim. So they call him the collector. And also, I, I like the the private investigator going after him, Mike Kowalski. He had his room. He's a movie lover, and he had like little uh, a shrine of Rambo's knife from First Blood. <laughs> he had all these artifacts. So he artifacts. collects a lot of things. He did, and, and he had uh, the ice cubes <laughs> in his whiskey were uh, Alfred Hitchcock ice cubes. I oh. just thought those little bitty those little bitty touches. And I will say. The end, it kind of just yeah. ends on you, and it doesn't wrap everything up, but I don't think the director wanted to put a tight bow on this story. I think he wants to leave it open. Let's just say something is left to interpretation, yes. but I think in, in a very good way, though. I think the story is the weakest link. It the, the, is a little sometimes confusing. This is the way I kind of describe it when I left the theater. I said, it's kind of like the story where you take a golf ball and you roll it down a concrete road. You're never going to catch it if you keep trying to figure out what it is. You just got to watch it roll away, and that's kind of what the story is. You appreciate the, the visuals. Yeah, and the, 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 the details are yeah. amazing. And he throws all these things at random that don't It's just the music. Anything. I mean, just, they walk into the bar, and they're singing a song, and you start to go, I think that song, that is that song. They're doing a cover <laughs> of this song. They use a Little Red Riding Hood Yeah, and little Creep Red by Radiohead. Head. And so it's this mashup. And then the Chanteuse in the bar... Yeah. But the story, the ending leaves a lot of people wanting. It, it, it ended and I was like, whoa, 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 no, huh? no, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 that's not it. And it happens so often in movies where you just go, can I? Can we add another scene where I can get all this explained to me? But, but it's, uh, it's yeah. mesmerizing from the first frame. And it's how so, often can you say that? Why is it rated R? Uh, language. Some, language. Well, some language. and some nude images and from the paintings. Yeah, graphic nudity. There's some boobs. The girls in the, I think, the bars or the strip yeah. clubs. Yeah, yeah there's, they got some boobs and, showing. And, and it's kind of sudden. You're like, this is like, my kid can, why my kid cannot watch this right. movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. all of a sudden. So for parents, yeah, don't yeah. take the, 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 This is definitely an adult. It's almost reminding me of like a, kind of like a, a French anime. You know, it's French adult anime. Yeah, it just defies description. All right. Well, uh, I just want to mention tonight uh, starts the Apollo 11 documentary yeah. at the IMAX for one week only. IMAX. Its official date is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go tonight to see it. And I cannot wait because I'm a NASA nerd. So we'll talk about it next week. But it's only out for one week. So that's all you got, That folks. is one week stuff. I Gosh, know. I know. So uh, tell Dude. us about Greta. Uh, Dan. You want, you want to go back to fighting with my family or want to go ahead? Which one do you want to do? Um... Do we want to do old or new? We want to do old. Do? You did dragon. We did new. We want to bounce off the old now, or what yeah, do we want to do? We yeah. have, what do you feel comfortable? What would you like? You like one and you hate the other. <sighs> I love roasting a movie. I don't know. Then, uh, then but, do the do the. Do, do fighting? No, do fighting with your family. Okay, fighting with, with my family, which is Stephen Merchant's new film. And if you're thinking, why is he directing a wrestling film? Well, <laughs> The Rock wanted him to do it, and when The Rock calls. You do it. This movie came about when The Rock was filming Fast and the Furious 6, and he was in London, and he watched a 30-minute documentary mm-hmm. about a WWE star called Paige, who is from Norwich, United Kingdom, a rock and roller British family. And in this movie, it's played wonderfully played by Nick Frost, who is in all the Edgar Wright movies yes, which, yes. with uh, Simon Pegg, and Lena Headey, who everybody's going to know this spring as a very mean Lannister queen in Game of Thrones. but And, uh, of course, Florence Pugh, I think I'm saying her name mm-hmm. right? She uh, she was in Macbeth uh, a year or two ago. She's kind of an unknown actress, but she plays Paige, 
The Rock, of course, plays himself, which is easy for him to do. Uh, <laughs> Vince Vaughn is the trainer, which I think he is one of the quietly the best parts of this movie, playing the guy that has to decide if you're a wrestler or if you're a wannabe. It's an audition. It's an audition. Um, and his character... They were famous over there. Yeah, yeah. And, and his they just character, weren't WWE. Yeah, I mean, they, they had their own little thing going. It's like the, if you imagine Mickey Works, the wrestler... Where it's kind of a rough and tumble, little small, like almost cafeteria gymnasium Their crowd. Their parents were wrestlers yeah. as well. Kind they of were like wrestlers. The South yes. Side, uh, gym here. She was raised, and of course, that that was really what she was doing. It was her brother Zach and her parents. They all kind of they, they were a family of wrestlers. Family gig. And, and that's why The Rock was drawn to it because he comes from a family of wrestlers as well. So he had to make this movie. And I, I will say, I knew nothing about Paige because I I was a wrestling fanatic when I was a kid, but I'm not anymore. I was an Ultimate Warrior. Hulk Hogan, oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage guy, but I broke off from that. I painted my face once upon a time. I thought I was Ultimate Warrior. That was a very good phase in my life, but uh, I didn't know who she was, and I think that helped me not knowing. She wasn't. She's injured now. uh, She is out of the sport. She only wrestled for three years. She had sclerosis in her neck. So they, they didn't. They didn't diagnose until she became a WWE yeah. wrestler. Well, I mean, and, and if you see her when she's wrestling with her parents in, in, in England, man, I mean, they, they're throwing her off. I mean, you have to understand about wrestling, folks, is that the, when, they, when, they're, when you see on television is not is real, but when they train, it's real. I mean, they, they throw each other off the top rope. They come down. They do body slams. I mean, that stuff, their training is about as brutal as NFL training camp. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But this movie is funny. It's uplifting. I think Stephen Merchant was brought in to, for oh, a sense of humor. Love Stephen Merchant. And, and, if, and people he, don't know. And yeah. he's got a role in it. He plays uh, Paige's brother, Zach. He's engaged to this woman. And his parents, of course, are just rough and tumble. Straight. They're very no filter. And the the brother's girlfriend's parents are very proper. And you know, very and, Stephen Merchant and Lena Headey's like telling Nick Frost, "You can't say any of that stuff." And so, what does Nick Frost do? Well, yeah, I met her. I was a criminal, and she saved me from crime. And she had been doing this and this, and, the, and parents are just like stunned. But uh, Stephen well, Merchant created The Office. Yes, right, with, yes. with Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Yes, and he and also, also extras with Ricky yes, Gervais. Right. And he also had a series called Hello Ladies. And. Um, Yes, and he's a very fun. He's the tall, lanky yes. guy with glasses. He's six and, seven. And if you he is, it, yeah. And he helped us discover Carl Pinkington, Pinkington with uh, Ricky Gervais. If you've ever listened to their podcast, and so I love Stephen Merchant. I think Stephen Merchant doesn't get enough credit, and I love Ricky, but I think yeah. Stephen Merchant should get a lot and, more and, credit. And yes. in this movie, I mean, it's got a, it's not he's too the long. Man. It has a good pace to it. Uh, you get to see her go from you know Norwich to. America, she trains, and I, I like the honest depiction of the sport. They don't, they don't jump over, they don't speed up her training. It's not a montage. I mean, you see her because you understand. Paige was kind of a black sheep. She, she had, she had jet black hair. She had pale skin. She had a lip ring. You know, she didn't look yeah. like she, she didn't look like what you wanted. Uh, you know, your your female wrestler to look like. But she broke through. If Ronda Rousey broke things through for women in, in uh, MMA and UFC, Paige really. You know, was groundbreaking for women in wrestling. I mean, China, because yeah, and it wasn't no, just that's post. I mean, okay. the first award she won, the first belt she won was a Divas Award, which was kind of just like this separate that's woman's the match. Pretty, it's the pretty girls, and then but so she broke through that. She forced them to kind of let them compete for 
bigger belts and bigger matches. So while she's not wrestling anymore, I think this girl can be an inspiration to a lot of young women. She did this when she was 21. And I just think that, and of course, The Rock, if you liked his, his little fire-up speech in the trailer, he does do that. How, He's in how it a many lot. scenes? He has four scenes in the movie, but they're they're all pivotal. He comes in there. He's not just, hey, let's bring The Rock in the movie, slowing down. It's not like that. But my biggest takeaway from this was Vince Vaughn. So many times in Vince Vaughn's career, he is either given a straight jacket where he can't be himself, he can't be his typical fast talking. He's so fast when he's firing off jokes, but playing a guy who has to decide if you are, you know, WWE material or if you're, you know, Norwich material. Because we all see in the trailer, her brother doesn't get picked. And that creates animosity between uh, Paige and, uh, of course, Brittany. But they make her uh, change her name because, as Vince Vaughn says, we already have two Britneys in uh, the WWE. So, uh, I mean, he, he's given a role that's very good for him. The whole cast is great. I think if you know nothing about wrestling, if you like it, you don't like it, I think you can get a lot of... Uh, value and a fun time from this because Stephen Merchant lends a little comedic uh, touch to it. I know why The Rock brought him in. When you see the movie, you'll know why he was brought in. But Florence Pugh, oh, I had never seen anything before playing Paige. She doesn't just, you know, wear the role. She puts it on and sleeps in it. You know, it, it fits her, and she's very good. If I was Paige, I think I would watch this movie and go, you know, she what's, dedicated herself. What's age appropriate for this? Um, age appropriate. I I, I is can't. Is it PG thirteen? Yeah, I I want to say it is. I'm gonna uh a quick little. It had some language in it. There's no nudity. The violence is uh, very mild. I would think it's PG thirteen. I'd be very surprised if it was R. But our 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 desk jockey over there. Our our I'm looking information. It up right looking now. it up. I, I had it up, and I don't. I want to say it's not. I'd be very surprised if it's R. But I will say that if it is R, it kind of really hurt its box office. It only made seven point eight million in its first week. It was fourth place. Well, I think um, I've heard it's such a crowd pleaser, and I heard really positive reaction from everybody who saw it. But I think it's one of those that it was around. Winter's tough. There's so many bad movies out, and then you got the the you know the it is PG thirteen PG thirteen. So that's good. And, uh, and and I can see that again. There's the violence is wrestling violence. There's no big blood or gore. There's no nudity. It is just uh, a little bit of language, especially when Nick Frost and Lena Headey are talking about their daughter. You know, uh, they they use choice words when describing their daughter. But some of the best scenes in the movie are where they're just in Norwich and they're just you you really believe them as a family. Well. But again, family, you know, everybody's family. Yeah. That's your world. And again, I, I think if you love or hate wrestling, it brought me back to my childhood when I used to watch, you know, Sergeant Slaughter and Mr. Perfect and all those guys. It brought me right back there. You I mean, mentioned a lot of wrestlers in this. Place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my kids love WWE. You understand that my brother and I went to Keel Opera House to watch Hogan and Ultimate Warrior fight each other. And we were so passionate about it. And, you know, my brother and I, we're not really as close anymore as I'd like us to be, but this movie kind of brought me back to watching wrestling with my brother and battling over who is going to win. And then my brother telling me later on, it's fake, dude. Like, no, 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 it's not. They're really hitting each other. Those 90s, that was a heyday for... It was a heyday. For, for but uh, Well, speaking of another family... I really family, liked it, though. 
we have a Medea family funeral. <laughs> now, Tyler Perry, this is it for Medea. He makes so much and money off of these I movies. Know, um, they never show them for, to us in advance because they're critic proof. They don't need to. Yeah, they're critic proof. And they're coming to the Fox, Medea's farewell tour. It's like Daddy Daycare. I mean, it made $110 million. It was ripped by critics. Well, um, I don't think Tyler Perry is going to be on Medea's theater tour. I think... There, I think he has like an option to show up at certain ones, but he, I, from what I've gathered from my friends over at the Fox, I don't think Tyler Perry is going to be in St. Louis for this farewell tour because he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. He's got, uh, he's done enough. But anyway, it's about a family funeral, and I did see a clip from it, and it did look very funny. But again, it opens Friday. <laughs> It'll make a gazillion dollars. Now, another movie that opens Friday that is on Netflix and at the movies for a week, it's going to be at, I think, the Tivoli or Plaza Frontenac. The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. I saw it last night. It's based on the 2009 memoir by William Kamkwamba. He, when he was 13 in his village in Malawi, he created a wind turbine to help his out of garbage yeah uh, yeah and old parts and his dad's bike and uh it's a, a true story this the the region was suffering from drought and famine political unrest it was horrible the the person who made this movie is Chiwetel Ejiofor he wrote and directed it it's his first directing it's Quetel Ejiofor yes and it, you. you mean you mean uh uh, let's see. Joedo. He was in 12 Years a Slave. Right. Yes. Steve and nominated McQueen. for an Oscar, and I thought he should have won. But uh, he's fabulous. And he pl- he wrote and directed this. It's his first director. Good for him. He They previewed it at Sundance. He won the award for a uh, science movie. Nice. Um, it's it's like, let's go science. Mm-hmm. This the, the, Why not, the, right? The 13-year-old, they're too poor to send him to school. Finally, he goes to school for a little bit, but he gets kicked out, but he makes good friends with the library librarian and he reads a book in the library about using energy Mm. and the wheels start turning in his head so he literally saved his village he got uh, college scholarships and he wrote this book and so it's very earnest Mm -hmm. it's an earnest movie it's a true story families love it it's very inspiring it is, uh, you can tell it's a first director's, right? Because he's very, con- you know, he's very passionate. On the convicted, nose? And it's very on the nose. It's very heartfelt, but it's very one of those don't leave anything out kind of movies. So um, uh, Friday, it's opens in theaters. And, and on Netflix. And on Netflix. So every, every, Almost every other movie and on Netflix, which I thought was one of the bigger things of the Oscars was the clip for The Irishman, and then they show in theaters and then on Netflix. Mm. Boom! Yeah, and that's, oh, talk about heavy hitters. Dropping the hammer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got Greta. Yeah, let's talk about the movie you hate. You know, look, I, I went to the lovely Plaza Frontenac to watch this movie, and so I So you thought, thought it was going to be an art film? I thought it was going to, well, I thought it was just going to be kind of a, kind of an artsy, maybe drama, thriller. It's got Isabel Hubert, is that how you say Hubert. her name? Hubert. Hubert. Okay. En français, uh, En français, yes. Isabel Hubert, and Chloe Grace Moritz is in it. Um, the tagline for the poster, which I'm looking at right now, says, don't take the bait. Well, don't watch this movie. You should be fair. <laughs> and here's the deal. 
uh, Chloe Grace Morris plays a young woman. She recently lost her mother. She's kind of a naive but sweet young woman working in New York City, and she finds a purse on a train. And he goes, oh, okay, you know, any normal person would go, okay, you find a driver's license, you go return it. And then when she opens the door, Isabel Hubert is there, and she's very sweet. Oh, thanks for returning hey, my thanks purse. Thanks for returning my purse. <laughs> but, and then, but then you want to come inside? That's where I would say no. No, here's your purse. So she goes inside, Chloe Grace Moritz, they become friends, and you know this is all going to go downhill. You well, can see the, the trailer. Hill. The trailer shows yeah. a room full of purses and pictures of yeah. girls. Yeah, and you do that, and, and w- w- once she sees that, that's where she gets freaked out, but this girl starts to, you know, Isabel starts to stalk her, because mm. what you find out is that she's had some recent trauma in her life, and she is trying to replace what was lost with Mrs. Moritz, who I thought both these actresses are great. Hubert, who I'm going to keep saying it. I just love that name. They're both great. They're great actresses. But and this she's, movie. Greta is the name of Isabel, right? Uh, yeah, she is. Okay. Her name is Greta. And it's just funny the way. I don't know if Neil Jordan, who directed The Crying Game, good director, usually, was trying to make us laugh. But this is a lot of unintentional humor in this movie, I think. <laughs> because you see it, uh, Greta just like standing across the street from the restaurant. And it's like, da da da. It's like, are you trying to be Hitchcockian? Or are you trying to you going for something we don't know? But the movie escalates because obviously Greta's not going to quit. She is obsessed with this woman, and she tries uh, Chloe Grace Moritz's character, who is uh, let's see what her name is. I, I don't remember it. Frances, <laughs> Frances McCullen. Not even worth remembering. No, her and her best friend. You know, it's funny. She's got a best friend she lives with. She's got a dad who she doesn't really see that much anymore. And just the way that uh, Greta goes to great lengths to be in her life. And, you know, my dad and I kind of have a funny thing where we watch a movie and we go, look, so suspend belief. But the characters do things so stupid in this movie. You'll be yelling at the screen going, no, don't do that. Stephen Ray, who is a crying mm-hmm. game uh, veteran, uh, Neil Jordan's kind of pal. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. He comes into the movie as a private investigator, and you yell at him because he's doing things. He goes into Greta's apartment. It's like, no, she's going to try to kill you. And again, you're waving your hands. You know, Is it a slow burn, or is it like a lot of jump scares? It's, it's, it's jump scares, and they don't work. And you know, you think that Why it's shocking. Why is Neil Jordan doing a I jump scare know. horror movie? It's kind of like something you would see from a, a video, a MTV video filmmaker making his debut. This movie, there's no stylistic touches to it. There's no ambition. The end of the movie, you're just like, oh, finally. But even the end of the movie, <laughs> well, no, even the end, what happens in the end, you just go, kill her already. Yeah, you should have did more because they're just sitting there, they, you know, and they're sitting next to her and they go, you know what, you can hit her one more time with that rolling pin. <laughs> anyway, but, you know. Did she just give away the ending? Uh, no, there, there, there's a lot more to the ending that made and me more mad. And you know, after she kills her, she's not really dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. See, I'm, let me just save you from seeing this movie. Just don't see it. It's a movie that... Look, we have a security guy at most of the screenings. I always call him Wyatt Earp. He's allied. Who, oh, he's, he's the guy. He's is, like, please, please put away your yeah. phones right now or the I'm going to take out my six-shooter and shoot you in the head. <laughs> no, but he, I, 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 this is the only movie in the last five years that I've gotten up and started to walk towards the back. And I knew it was going to end, but I was like, I had enough. I'm done. And I get up right when he's getting up. 
And he goes, is it over? And I go, I think it is. And he goes, gosh, thank God. And I've never heard this guy give one opinion ever about a movie. He's a very classy guy. But we came out, and I don't think any critic, uh, Kent hated it too. Uh, I just, it's a movie that you need to forget about. It's a movie that, that I wore my cinematic bulletproof vest, and I took it in the chest for all the audience members who think, oh, well, that's Plaza Frontenac. Let's get a fancy mm. necklace and go watch Greta. No, don't watch Greta. I want to go on record saying I did not like the crime game. Me neither, but at least that was at something he he was trying to you know do something well, different he was there. Nominated, it was a big deal. Okay, so how about Arctic? Which... How about into the microphone? Oh. How about Arctic? Um, yes, and that look at that that look at that segue. If you don't want to see Greta at Plaza Frontenac, go watch the wonderful Mads Mikkelsen, who I think in the last like six months with Netflix's Polar, which I enjoyed, nobody else really did. It's like a a B movie role of uh, John Wick. But in Arctic, it's two actors in this movie, and there's one speaking part, and it is by Mads Mikkelsen. You don't get much plot in this movie. He plays a man that's stranded in the Arctic. His plane is crashed. His name is Overgard. He is obviously a jack-of-all-trades because when we catch up with him in the beginning of the movie, he is making kind of a distress signal in like the Like a MacGyver? Yeah, he is. He's like a Danish MacGyver, and he's very good and he discovers a woman that, that was also in, in, in a helicopter crash. So it's him and the woman, and he they have a choice. The basic plot of the film is he's been here for a few months. He has created a nice little kind of survival home in the plane. He's able to hunt for fish. But the second option is to go out and venture out possibly to a top of a mountain or more of a visible Just spot. Just to see what's out there. To see if he can get rescued. Because they are trying to, when a plane goes down, he know, you see that, People are looking for him. And again, folks, this is the feature directorial debut of Joe Penna, who has done a series of shorts co-written by Joe Penna and Ryan Morrison. It is a movie that is dominated by Mads Mikkelsen and his ability to hold you on the screen. Oh, it's, yeah. It's him and it's just him on camera. Him and the woman. The woman has no speaking lines. None? He's trying to, he's trying to help her, but she's kind of incapacitated. She's really hurt. And okay. he's, he's trying so to help out. that's why she's a, not A polar bear has got a supporting role. Who oh. freaked the crap out of me. But, uh... He, it is him for the entire movie. The, the movie moves very well. It's only it's only an hour and 38 minutes, and they get going because I like the fact that this movie, they don't do a bunch of backstory. You don't get the castaway part where you know where he came from. It starts out, he's building something in the snow trying to survive. The movie's thrills are legit. You know, when you're out in the cold, which freaks me out more than the dark, is the cold. <laughs> being being stranded out in the cold where you have no electricity, you have to create your food, create your home, you have to build it all. He gets, when they start to move, you know, he encounters a polar bear. He encounters, you know, things you could fall through and hurt yourself. And you never stop believing because Mads Michelson, he holds your attention He's so he's got so much conviction when he's on screen, and he doesn't have a lot of lines. His characters in all of his movies they don't need to speak. He's he's like a Clive Owen in his heyday, where he can look at the screen and two pages of dialogue just fell out of his face. I mean, it's just <laughs> he's so good. Because in this movie, like when he hurts himself, he's just he's trying desperately to stay alive, but he wants to save the woman. I think he could have the movie would have been forty five minutes if he just wanted to ditch the woman. Because he, he, he kind of so has, has to, to... He has to watch out for he her. He has to watch out for her. He can't strand her and, too far. And I don't know if the polar bear was real. I didn't stay for the credits, but the polar bear scenes are freaky. Lynn, you, you got something to say. 
No, I was just going to say, uh, since it's called Arctic and we've all had a really bad winter. Um, oh, yeah. Does, yeah. It, does it really make you... Uh, it makes you cold. Feel, yeah. Okay. The movie theater was nice and warm, but I felt myself kind of you cross your arms and mm-hmm. you you know keep it as Liam Neeson told Christian Bale and uh, Batman Begins take care of your chest your arms will take care of themselves <laughs> but uh, I, I felt myself really wanting to take I, I left the theater and I was like Dave we got supplies man uh, you know do we got enough food in the basement <laughs> but uh, it makes you cold it makes you really care for this character and again I think it's phenomenal that you can care for him without knowing anything about him that takes a really good actor and again, Mads Mikkelsen, he played the villain in Doctor Strange, the villain in Casino Royale. He is a guy that he's just got a great, he's got kind of like a Daniel Craig face where it's a little beaten up, but he, he, he's good looking and he, he, he can hold a movie. But I think this movie definitely won for the small film with a big heart because you keep rooting for him to survive. I like him. The first movie I saw him in was called A Royal Affair where he plays a yes. romantic lead and alicia vikander mm. is his Ooh, love alicia interest in, and that was her oh. that was the first movie i saw her in so both of Tomb them together Raider. i was like who are these people and i need to see more yeah. of them and, and really you leave this film wanting to know okay what happened to him because they, they don't really tie it up uh, what happens to him you get an idea but up until that hour, that 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 hour and thirty, that ninety eighth minute, you're just like, okay, what? You, When's the polar bear coming? I, back? Yeah, I, I want him to make it. Yeah, that too. I want him to make it. I want him to make it because it's just great acting. I mean, this movie, it's kind of like a poor man's castaway. There's no big budget. It's really just him out. They filmed it in Iceland, so a lot of what you see is as cold I as it Iceland looks. Iceland was green and Greenland was ice. I thought, oh, I've been to Iceland. Very, it, oh, wasn't, it is, wasn't that cold. You've been to Iceland. Iceland. Did you go to Legoland? Oh, man, look at no, you. I did not go to Legoland. I did go to the Blue Lagoon, though. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they did film it in Iceland. And it is, it's, it, at least when they filmed this thing, it's pretty cold. That, that was, it wasn't CGI snow. They, they, they really put him down. And, and, and it's like The Gray with Liam Neeson, one of my most underappreciated films. You feel how cold the it is. The Wolf movie? Yeah, I loved okay. it, man. But uh, in this movie, yeah, I think if you like if you like the survival movies, you know, being left out in the cold, not having a lot of supplies, having to create your own thing, and this movie gets down to the nitty gritty really fast. There's not there's no messing around. There's no stupid side plot. It is him and the woman trying to survive in terrible conditions. I give it. I highly recommend it. And it's also hopefully makes you want to go back and watch some Mads Mikkelsen movies. Nice. Lynn, do we have anything else, young lady? Uh, I think we have. That is it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You, you had me going. I thought you were going to go, and we have, like, is that, no, is it a new I movie? No, I was like, I'm looking at my list. I think it's it. But next week, guess what we're going to have? We're going to have Captain Marvel. Yes. Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. March. Can, can you believe we're here? Because then we got that, and then before two mo- a month and a half, and it's going to be time for... Endgame, which is going to be three hours and 15 wonderful minutes. Right. Well, March is going to be a game changer. That's going to be when that happens because Black Panther came out last March. Yeah. And then we're going to have Jordan Peele's new one, Us. Us. That's so, and get, starring the guy from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. The big guy. All right. Where can we find you on socials, Lynn? Uh, I am in Facebook. I'm also in Facebook. <laughs> I am in Facebook. on Facebook. She's in the Matrix. Twitter. And I can be read at uh, thetimesnewspapers.com, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And I am heard on KTRS every Friday at 1145. 
Dan, where can we find you on socials? On KSDK.com, uh, I write. I'm on socials at, at Buff82 on Twitter, where I tweet way too much. I'm on Facebook at Dan Buffa. And again, all the movie reviews are on KSDK.com. I go on Frank Opinion on 590 The Fan KFNS every Tuesday at 415. You can hear me there. Um, yeah, KSDK, that, that's where I'm at. Come find me. My name is Carl Middleman, also known as Carl the Intern. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. And you can listen to me with Max Foise on Max on Movies every Saturday on KTRS. Must listen. Now, for this Uber driver going around driving drunks home, I listen to Carl and Max talk movies. It helps. It's fun. But this was fun. This is episode two of the Real Times Trio. You can, you can also listen on podcasts as That's well. That's right. I can. Yeah. And yeah. I have before because I enjoy you and While Max you together. write, you can listen to Carl in your ear. And don't steal anything. That's right. No, free, feel free. <laughs> feel free to steal it. No, that's our rule. That's our, uh, that's our kind of ethical rule. Do not steal. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye.